Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you're on the world. This is Augie of the Blabber Blabber podcast. I'd like to welcome everyone to yet another show. Um, today is going to be World Cup match day three, analyzing some of the results and getting into predictions and just things like that. So basically what I did for the first two, which I'm going to do for this third one, I know that the round of 16 already started today with Argentina and the Netherlands advancing and USA and Australia both uh, bowing out of the World Cup. Um, but I'm going to get to uh, the match day three results. Uh, Netherlands and Qatar, 2-0 for Netherlands. Uh, I think Netherlands did just enough to kind of secure the win here and to progress. Uh, Qatar had a good show. I, I mean, <laughs> difficult to say that they had a good showing, but I think they played better as the tournament went on. And I think that's something that they were probably hoping for. Um, you know, when the tournament started for each passing to, to get better with each, um, with each game and each match. And I think they did that. Uh, I think their second match was probably their best one. And they missed some opportunities where I think they could have got a better result, but all in all, I mean, I don't know if you can expect much more. Again, I had them not scoring a goal in this tournament. They ended up scoring uh, one, so they exceeded my expectations. I actually had them finishing with one point in this tournament. I thought that they would draw their opening match, but they didn't, and they lost. Uh, Ecuador, Senegal, 1-2. So, I said once the tournament started, even with Sadio Mane out, Senegal is still a very dangerous team. And they show that by advancing, and they'll play England tomorrow. Exactly what I was talking about. It's not just about one guy. Uh, everyone else has stepped up for this team and done their role. And Koulibaly scores the goal, game-winning goal. And Papa Boma Diop's number on his captain's armband, which is only fitting. Uh, Diop died, I think it was two years ago now. And I remember him from that Senegalese team that beat France, I believe it was, at the World Cup. That was, I think as a kid, that might have been the first shocker that I can remember at any World Cup. I remember I was grade eight at grade eight at the time, and technology obviously wasn't what it was. And I remember my friend went to the school's library to check the result, and he came back and he said Senegal beat France. And I remember that being like the first shock ever that I heard at a World Cup. And Senegal's been really good since pretty much since then, um, making a bunch of World Cups, and and good for them and i just felt like ecuador didn't show enough urgency as the in like the finishing stages of the match in the final 10 15 minutes just felt like there was no real urgency from them to to, to go forward and, and score a goal but uh this this group i think netherlands was the one team that i had above everyone else but i thought the race for that second spot was going to come down to ecuador and and senegal and senegal ended up winning that and um deservedly so uh, go on to the uh, knockout stages Iran USA 0-1. So my first question was how serious was Christian Pulisic's injury? He obviously played today for the USA, so um, he healed in time. And I think the US just did enough to get the job done against Iran. And Iran was actually a decent showing this World Cup as well. Uh, in tears after the match, like a lot of other nations were who don't get passed into the knockout stages. Uh, Wales, England 0-3. England kind of scores their goals in bunches. And I realized a lot of teams who are the better teams in this tournament score their, score their goals in bunches. Sometimes you'll see like two or three in maybe a 10-minute span, 15-minute span. 
And I think England did that in this match as well. Wales just didn't show up to this one. Um, just completely outworked, outplayed. Goalkeeping wasn't good at all. Um, and England has... I don't think they're favorites, but they... I think the balance that they have between their starters and the bench is one of the better ones in this tournament. When you could bring guys like, you know, Rashford, Grealish, Foden off the bench and not really lose much, maybe even get better in, in some instances, I think that could go a long way, especially as the tournament goes on. We'll see how far they go, but I think that's going to play an integral part in uh, this tournament going forward. Uh, Australia, Denmark, 1-0. Uh, Denmark, one of the most disappointing teams of this tournament, I would say. I had them finishing first in this group, topping even France, but they just have no, their play in the final third is not good at all, and they, they're missing a potent goal scorer, and that's what I was worried about coming into this tournament, and that's exactly how this tournament ends, they just couldn't score enough goals. Uh, the Australian goal was a great solo work, it looked like the player was kind of waiting for all his other teammates to catch up to him, so he can kind of involve everyone else in the build-up, and then once he saw... No one else was pinching. He just said, F it, and I'm going to take it myself and just score. And I thought it was a beautiful solo goal. One of the one of the better goals in this tournament in terms of what it meant to the team and in terms of like progression and things like that. I think one of the best goals of the tournament for sure. And Denmark, again, very the disappointing team. Very disappointing. Them, Belgium, and, and some other teams, very disappointing World Cup that they had and bow out before the bow out before the knockout stages I think is a disappointment for them some people had them as a dark horse maybe going to the semi-finals even finals um, so that obviously that's not going to happen uh, Tunisia France 1-0 historic win for Tunisia they credit to them they fought all the way until the last match France tried to do some things with their reserves that didn't really work out Kemavinga on the I believe he played on the left wing where he looked completely lost and he looked like he just didn't want to be there so I get trying some things, and honestly, France is one of the teams that I really don't blame. I don't blame any team, really. If, you have, if you're have, if you set to progress, I don't blame you for rolling out the reserves in the third match because with injuries, and we know how it's been, I wouldn't want to risk anything. In France, especially, with the amount of players that they're missing, I don't blame them for rolling out those reserves in, in this final match. And Griezmann scored a goal late, but uh, called back due to, due to an offside, rightfully so. And just a great win for Tunisia. I thought that they were one of the, in terms of the teams who didn't go on, I thought that they were one of the better teams who actually showed something in this tournament. And for them, it's unfortunate that they didn't go through, but still a very, very good win for them. Uh, Poland and Argentina, 0-2. Uh, Chesney has been the best keeper in this tur- in this tournament thus far. Uh, the penalty stop was excellent. Was his foot on the line? I'm not too sure. Uh, and Poland's just very defensive defensive-minded team, even with a player from Lewandowski, I think they're going to need a lot more from him if they want to advance to you know, the quarterfinals. But I think this also comes down to the players and how they involve him in the play. Uh, oftentimes he's just, and this is a great job, I think, by the opposing teams that they've played, they've completely cut down Lewandowski from the rest of the team. So they're trying to make everyone else in this team beat you apart from Lewandowski, which some teams have been successful with it in this tournament and some haven't, but they're progressing. So I guess they've been the more successful of, of the two. And this, I think, was a great um, bounce back from, from Argentina after the first poor start to the tournament in the match against um, 
Saudi Arabia, which is probably the biggest upset in World Cup history, or at least in my time. Saudi Arabia, Mexico, 1-2. Um, this was also a very interesting match. Um, Mexico just missed out. Uh, they missed a ton of opportunities. They scored an excellent free kick goal, which was um, Luis Chavez. And they really put the pressure on in the final 10 minutes or so. They just couldn't get that third goal. And Saudi Arabia kind of punished them towards in the match when Mexico pushed everyone forward because they needed that goal. So um, Saudi Arabia, another great team with a great showing. This is a different Saudi side now because they have a professional league where they can bring in players from Europe who are maybe past their prime but can still play. And this is how they've been building up their league for the last, I would say, the three or four years for sure. And then you could, you might even go back a little bit more to the last six or seven where they've really brought in players from Europe, like I said, who are past their prime, but they can still contribute. And I think their players are getting better. And I think if they make the next World Cup, they could be, I think they're going to be looking to get past the group stage and to get into the knockout stages. I I truly believe that. Canada, Morocco, 1-2. Canada, again, conceded two bad goals. Um, They were a lot better in the second half. But it just wasn't enough. Um, I think some of the lineup changes that Canada made didn't really work. And once Canada got a little bit more serious and once they threw on their big guns, they made this a lot more interesting. I think Morocco in the second half was very shaky. Um, And obviously they scored the two goals, so they can kind of go into a bit of a defensive shell. Uh, in the second half, but um, Morocco has been one of the one of the surprises in this tournament for sure. I don't know if a lot of people had them advancing in that group, but they you know edge out a Belgian side that's again one of the most disappointing teams in this World Cup, and good for Morocco. And no one's going to have it easy uh, against them. They're going to have their hands full. Uh, Croatia, Belgium, nil nil. The Lukaku chances misses completely killed any chance that they had of going through when you have three misses from approximately four and a half yards out all combined it just wasn't Lukaku's day and this is something that I said when I spoke up when I spoke about bringing in players who aren't fit and who haven't played in a month and a half to two or even longer Lukaku hasn't played in a long time and you could tell that his timing is completely off if if this is Lukaku who's playing week in week out for Inter Milan he's not missing these chances but he hasn't played in such a long time that you could tell his timing is off he missed a header from about two yards out that he put over the crossbar and yeah completely and it's just not just him this entire team and this is the end of a generation that they had high hopes for and this generation started about nine years ago uh, and they just they didn't they haven't won anything and they haven't been even close to winning anything, which is, I think, the most disappointing part of it all. And Martinez is no longer the the head coach of of Belgium, so they're going to be looking for someone else. Going to be interesting to see who who kind of takes over there. Now that I'm just thinking about it, Pochettino is still on the market, so maybe that's a name that gets linked to to Belgium. We'll see going forward. But they got to be. I mean, when you're the second, when you're the second ranked team in the world, getting out of the group shouldn't even we shouldn't even be talking about are you going to get out of the group. We should be talking about you if you could make the finals and win the entire thing. Belgium doesn't even get out of the group. Costa Rica, Germany, 2-4. Germany didn't take all their chances. I think this could have been 
the first half they could have scored a lot more than they did. And again, another big disappointment is Turney. They miss out the knockout stages for the second um, World Cup in a row. And I think the lack of center forward play really hurt them. And Flick in his conference said something about improving goalkeepers and their wingbacks. And obviously center forward is an issue as well with them. Uh, Full crew came on and scored a goal. And I, he had another, he had a few chances actually. They did as a team, to, to truth be told. So it's hard to only blame certain players, but they just haven't looked the same. And I think they've just incorporated the same style that Bayern Munich plays. And they've done that with the national team and it's backfired badly. And it just hasn't worked out for them. How they handle this going forward, we have to wait and see. If I'm not mistaken, they have a really hard Euro 2024 uh, qualifying group, which I'm not too sure like how it's going to work out for them. But if I'm not mistaken, uh, they do have a tough group. Oh, sorry, they're they're hosting it, so they're there. So I have them mixed up with with Spain. So they're kind of fortunate that they'll be there regardless because they are hosting. So this gives them another two years to kind of work around a system maybe that works for them. According to reports, Flick is going to stay on as the manager or the head coach. Um, so yeah, we'll see how this works out with them going forward, but there are some questions to be answered. Japan, Spain, 2-1. Japan taking six points from Spain and Germany will give them a lot of hope getting into the knockout stages and the fact that they can play with anyone, and rightfully so. Um, they scored twice in eight minutes versus Germany and twice in three minutes versus Spain. So... Again, I spoke about, I can't remember who the team I spoke, oh, it was England, scoring goals in bunches. Japan has done that in this tournament as well. And I think I think what happened with Spain, they just kind of shot off after it was 1-0. One, one and they shot off after it was 1-1, one, one, you know, maybe saying that the tie is good enough for us. And then they conceded another one quickly and they just couldn't regroup. And Japan is a very organized team. You're not going to score many goals on them. So they just brought the game to a finish very quickly, slowly, I should say. And the second goal was disputable. The ball didn't go out. Once you review the cameras and from 30 different angles, you'll see that the ball didn't go out. Spain looked like they were playing for a weaker opponent in the round of 16. I got to say, I feel like the build-up play was, was great. And then when they needed a goal in the final third, it was always like a pass that was maybe a little too short, or a little too long, or a shot that wasn't quite on net, but enough to kind of like make the goalkeeper worry. So stuff like this goes through your mind. And this group was crazy because at one point, Costa Rica and Japan were the two teams going through. So it's crazy to think Costa Rica, a team that conceded, what was it, seven against Spain, actually had a chance at going through along with Japan and Germany and Spain would have been the ones going home. And this is why I kind of worry about teams who play a false nine because stuff like this can happen when you need a goal there's too many cooks in the kitchen who can kind of work out the perfect play, but there's no one to put the ball in the back of the net. And this is kind of why you worry about teams with who play a false nine. So that's something to keep an eye on going forward. Uh, Ghana, Uruguay, 0-2. Ghana didn't have enough left into the tank after the two matches. Ziggy made a number of 
crazy stops for Ghana, especially in the last 10 minutes. There was the header that he had on, on Cavani. I know it was offside, but that was from point blank range. That was from two, three yards out. And then he had a stop, and I believe it was already stoppage time from about 20 yards out that he just batted the ball to the side and was able to uh, not concede a goal. And Ghana making the substitution, just kind of slowing things down. We know the history. AU misses the penalty again against Uruguay this time. We know about what happened 12 years ago in in, in the World Cup in, in South Africa when Asamoah Gam missed the penalty. So they, they're just cursed against Uruguay when it comes to PKs. And this is the end of a Uruguayan uh, era with Cavani, Luis Suarez, um, uh, Caceres, and Godin, um, and Muslera probably as well. It's been a great ride for them. Again, they didn't win anything like Belgium, but in terms of the World Cup stage, but um, the amount of players that they produce, and I think they've left a good blueprint for the for the new generation coming forward with Bentacor and and Valverde and some of these other guys. I think I think they're in good hands for a number of years to come. Now, and if I'm not mistaken, I th- think the gentleman who used to be the manager of Leeds is taking them over. So. It's another interesting point. South Korea, Portugal 2-1. South Korea fought hard, and honestly, they deserve this break to make it to the knockout stages. In a group, this was this was this was the toughest group for me to predict. Like this was extremely tough. Because I knew the quality that South Korea had, but you also have Portugal and their depth and their team in the back of your mind thinking, you know, they gotta be going through. But then you look at you look at Uruguay and you're like, they have a really good team. Surely they're going to go through. And then you look at Ghana and you're like, man, they, this is such a good Ghanaian team that has a crazy mix of veteran players and young up-and-comers. You know, surely they got to go through. And this was very difficult. I spent a lot of time trying to predict this group. So hard to predict. And in the end, South Korea and Portugal go through. Um... I don't know if a lot of people had South Korea. I didn't have them going through to this group. I thought it was going to be Ghana going through. And yeah, it's it's interesting how things can work out. And as long as you believe and you keep attacking, something's going to open up. And por- that Portuguese backline, I said that they I thought they had one of the better ones in the in this tournament. I'm not too sure. They concede a lot of easy goals, so to say. And I think that's another thing that we can watch going forward. Cameroon won Brazil nil. Another, I don't know. I don't know if I could call this a shocking result because Brazil also threw out all their reserves, and they picked up a number of injuries as well. With Gabriel Jesus out for the tournament, um, Alex Tellez is out for the tournament as well. Alexander, we'll see what happens to him. Neymar, we'll see what happens to him as well. I don't think that they can win this World Cup without Neymar, though. The team looks completely different without Neymar in the lineup. And I know about all the talent that they have and all the talent they, they that they produce. But it's just not the same team without Neymar here. So we'll, his his status going forward, I think, is key for this team. And we'll see um, how to do down the road. Obviously, now with with better competition and in a in a tournament where it's you know one and done now, we'll see how they respond um, to this going forward. But I think that missing Neymar is is a big loss for them if if he can't play. I mean, I can't see them winning this without Neymar. Uh, Serbia, Switzerland, 2-3. Uh, Serbia, again, another one of the most disappointing teams in this World Cup. Uh, a lot of talk off the pitch about 
you know, they're not scared of anyone. And they just didn't live up to any of the hype. They scored a lot of goals, but they conceded way too many. When you concede the amount of goals that Serbia conceded, which was, let me find it right here, eight goals. And literally out of the eight goals, I think maybe one was the goalkeeper's fault. It's all the back line. Way too slow, way too stagnant. Guys aren't quick to react. Um, the system, I'm not sure if it works, but Serbia literally has to run this system because they don't have the sufficient or the left backs and right backs to make anything else work. So guys are playing out of position. A lot of rumors off the pitch as well, which I'm not going to get into, but it all played a part. Switzerland, a very good team. I think they conceded only two goals in qualifying. Remember, they topped the group that consisted of Italy. So that just shows you to the quality and they showed you how to close down a match and how to put a match to bed, which is something Serbia couldn't do against Cameroon, conceding two goals after being up 3-1. And ultimately, you know, finishing last in this group with one point. I think they'll be frustrated with the results, but they got to look at themselves in the mirror. And maybe next time you show up to a World Cup, don't be this cocky when you haven't won anything on this level. And I think that's what got into their heads. They were still living off the win against Portugal in that final match that took them to the World Cup. And they didn't get off that high this entire tournament. So the match of the round, I usually pick one match. That's the best one. I just had Group E. So that was the Costa Rica group because there was so much happening there. Costa Rica, Germany, and then Japan, Spain. I already mentioned at one point Japan and Costa Rica for a good five minutes were the two teams that were going through and Germany and Spain were the teams that were bowing out. Um, the disappointing teams of this tournament, I think you can have Belgium and Germany in that uh, discussion. Um, yeah, just just... I think especially Belgium being second-ranked team in the world, not getting out of the group. I I understand that they're, you know, an older bunch. You can all you can honestly almost have Denmark there as well. Denmark didn't win a match, so you can you can go with Denmark there. Denmark had one draw and two losses in in the three matches, which a lot of people had as a dark horse. Surely they're not number two in the world, but that's still we expect them to get out of a group that consisted of, okay, France. I understand, but Australia and Tunisia, and they finished below Tunisia, so. You know, that's another disappointing team. Team of the round, I thought, was South Korea. Like I said, they just fought until the end and uh, deservedly so are off to the uh, round of 16. And we'll see what they do there. I don't think it's going to be easy for anyone that plays them. And we'll, we'll see how that shapes out. Yeah, that's basically... I mean, they play Brazil. If Brazil is injury-riddled against South Korea, anything can happen in that match. I literally believe that. In a lot of these matches, I'm looking at them and it's just like no no sure teams that I think are going to go through. Today I thought I actually thought US was going to was going to upset the Netherlands that didn't happen. And I thought Argentina would have a shaky win and they did have a shaky win against Australia. But like Portugal Switzerland who knows what can happen in that. I wouldn't be surprised if Switzerland wins that. So yeah, that's uh match day 3. A lot happened this a lot of these match days. I mean, it's the case with every World Cup. I think it happens every four years that we kind of forget how how crazy and entertaining this is and it can always come down to that final goal in the last five ten minutes but yeah that's every world cup and that's every euro pretty much uh so i'd like to thank you guys for listening remember you can find this podcast on anchor fm google podcast apple podcast spotify amazon music iHeartRadio, or wherever else you listen to your podcast thank you guys for listening and I'll check in again down the road.